sweet toxicity. Uh, back in the late 80s in New York City, you'd get on the subway, and what you'd hear is... I'm like, where the fuck are the subtitles? What are we rapping today? We're rapping the... Well, yes, in my closet. If you guys want to help me wrap presents for my sister and mom and stuff. Because I wrap them like a three-year-old child that... I'm Doesn't more than happy to virtually help you. All right. Well, welcome to the wrap-up sh- part of Bittersweet Toxicity. Season Hold one. on. Why am I echoing so much? That's just all your personalities talking in your head at the same time. Oh, it's terrible. I've got to get them to shut Shut up, up, Vanessa. I'm trying to talk. Yeah, this is just the, I don't want to call it the final episode, but the wrap-up part of Bittersweet Toxicity. I'm your host, Vanessa, joined by Patty and Mark. I don't have a better name for other than wrap up. And it's the wrap up of the first season. It's not yeah, wrap up of first season. It's the season Correct. finale. Season finale. Oh, that's good. That's good. Season finale. Soon to be followed by season two. The same thing, but twice as bad. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So how does everybody feel? You know, uh, I agree with Patty on the logic of like, you know, this definitely seemed like a weird project coming in. Like, this is not like, oh, yeah, I do podcasts every Saturday. You know, like, <laughs> this was a new thing for me. This was an interesting new thing to try out. I wasn't sure if it would work or not. And I agree with Patty in the sense that, like, if we don't do this next Saturday, I'll be like, something's missing. Yes. Yes. It's become part of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it helps that, like, you know, I, it, despite the fact that COVID is somewhat past, I'm still mostly a hermit. So, how do we all feel, though? Are we like emotionally traumatized? I'm fine. Uh, 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 you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, there were moments in the, you know, there was a, a, a couple of moments somewhere in the middle where I realized that, you know, there was a decent chance that you could have gotten yourself killed here, yeah. where it started to freak me out. And uh, then, you know, there were a, a, a couple of moments in there where your family was especially disappointing. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, uh, it was, there was nothing here that chased me off. I'm not like, ugh, this subject. You know what I mean? It's not like, <laughs> good, good. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, no, the uh, fact uh, that we know you're okay obviously helps recover from the things that we all discussed and everything you went through. Yeah, and, and also like this whole lengthy process of talking about it is processing it. Yes. Like right. to a degree, I feel like like based on some of the things you said while we were going through this, I feel like you hadn't processed some of this until we did this. Mm. Like there were right. moments where you were like, holy crap. Like I never really thought about this. Like I haven't said it all the way through and I didn't realize you know, until I said it, how much it hurt kind of thing. Like you, there, there were a few moments there where, where, where it almost seemed like you were surprised by the story. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last week I thought I was ready to tell the last part of the show. And then it caught me totally off guard that it would make me so emotional. And then I was just in it and I didn't want to like not be emotional because I felt like it was genuine so i'm gonna leave it in there with me crying because i mean this is yeah. real 
this is the process of what I'm going through. It's it's the the stated goals from right at the get go were were pretty clear. Like, you know, uh, you didn't give a shit if nobody bothered to ever listen to this. Like, just getting it out was worth doing it. Like, that was step one, was was just saying it once. The whole story in front of other people was what you wanted to get done. You weren't even sure if you were going to release the episodes when we were talking in the beginning. You were like, this might just be therapy with Mark and Patty. Now burn it. (laughs) You know what I mean? You might have gotten to this point and been upset and been like, you know, I'm glad I got that out, but I never want to see it again. You know, we could have destroyed the tapes from this point. It's entirely possible. Uh, and then the other things you said, which was, you know, if 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 some woman out there finds herself into something similar to this, I hope she heard this story and it urges her to not play games and run. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then the other angle that came up along the way was, uh, you know, this is a bit of a cautionary tale to parents and friends. Like, yeah. I do have, you know, I do want to be honest. ready for your friends. Like, you have to be there right. for people. You can't be all judgy. And, and critical, right. critical, like when they're in trouble, because you're going to be like, you know, maybe you should have thought of that before you jumped in the water with the shark. That's how your friend gets eaten. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I didn't tell you to get in there with the alligator. And I do have some anxiety because part of me really wants people to listen to the story. But then also part of me is like, oh, my God, what if people hate us and nobody listens and we just get raspberries all over the place. Nah, they'll probably but I still... I still, <laughs> I still feel like we should release this. I feel like this is something that we've labored over, and we should release it because I do feel like it's an important story. And somebody's gonna hate us. I'm sure somebody will hate us. It's the internet. Come on, there's somebody who hates <laughs> right. you right now. Right. Like, I don't know who she is, but that bitch Patty. <laughs> <laughs> fake country <laughs> right right crisis actor i don't know uh, yeah, you know she's not real patty i i think vanessa made her up That's i can't wait to talking in a paper I, bag i want to say one thing about some parts of it though like even though i was there and i know that we talked uh oh like you called me out i feel like there are a lot of things that you didn't tell me. Like, I don't know if you were like worried that I was going to judge you. I I know you call me there for like emotional support and stuff like that, but there are details that I have that, that came out in the, in the telling of this during the podcast that left me like shook. Like, I feel like if I had known really just how horrible it was, I would have driven there and gotten you. Like, hey, you know, I'd have hit me with my car. I don't know if I would have hit- pissed on him. He's a big guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, I know, uh, I, as a, know, as a... I, I really, I, I get it. Actually, I, I totally hear what Patty's saying, but it's funny, like. I, you know, maybe Vanessa should answer this question herself, but to me, it really feels like you've seriously got yourself jacked up on the whole, I'm going to solve this problem myself scenario. Yeah. Like you were like, I'm not, you know, nobody's going to rescue me. I'm going to rescue me. Like you, you seemed kind of dead set on doing it yourself there. 
to the point where, uh, admittedly, like everyone who was supposed to be there for you had dicked out and failed up to the point where we got to the ending. But as we closed in on the ending, it really did feel like, not that you were hiding stuff from Patty, but you were just like, I'm handling this. You know what I mean? Like you weren't talking about it with anyone. You were like, I'm handling this myself kind of thing. Like, you know, not, you know, looking for, you, you didn't move back in with your parents. You didn't move in with Patty. You didn't go to a shelter. You know what I mean? You got a new apartment. You waited three months for that apartment to open up. Like, you know, like you were doing it yourself. Like that's, I think why Patty doesn't know. I don't think it really, there was pride there. I think it was, I, I didn't know where to turn or what to do. And I know that sounds stupid, but I really just didn't. I was so deep in it that I almost felt like I didn't have an avenue for escape. And no, maybe I didn't. And I don't remember how many details I told Patty at the time. I don't, I really couldn't answer that question. She's going through her own thing. I'm going through my own thing. Maybe I kept some of it secret because I did, maybe I didn't want to be rescued, right? I wanted to see myself out of the situation, but you have to remember, I'm also deeply conflicted inside because I don't want B to go anywhere. I'm afraid because now I'm going to be left alone and figuring out the world and yeah. what the hell am I supposed to do? Cause I don't know how the fuck to survive. Yeah. So yeah, it's very, there's a lot of things that were going on at the time. And I also can see you being like, I don't want to bother Patty too much because of what she's going through. And instead right. of thinking about that, you needed a lot more help than you were leading on. Like I was there to be like, kind of like your. Look, I didn't even want to leave for the phone, but, but like, I feel like you didn't give me major details probably for various reasons, like what you said. And also I can see you being like, no, I can't. Tell Patty because she's got enough shit going on. And right. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't even want to leave BB and stepmom. Like that's yeah. how bad it was. What? Where I'm an hour and a half away from my job, but I would much rather commute because that's how afraid I am to be on my own. Right. The the also uh, the the more chaotic your circumstances are the more conservatively you tend to behave. It's like, you know, like if you don't know where you're sleeping tonight and you don't know where you're eating tonight, then you, you don't take risks. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're the, the, the more uncertain things are, the more you start betting on sure things. Right. Exactly. Risks. Like, uh, it makes sense. And, 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 and what I was saying before, like where I started this, I don't feel like you were lying or hiding things from Patty. I feel like you were, purposefully not dealing with certain things because you didn't want to deal with them. So therefore they didn't get dealt with. And so right. Patty never heard them, not because you were hiding them from her, but because you were hiding from them. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like you didn't want to deal with this shit. So you were like, wow, Patty, here's like my one moment in my week where I can have some fun. You're not going to be like, well, Patty, let's discuss all the shitty stuff that like makes me unhappy. I get right. it. Like, that's not what you do. No, but like, yeah, like, but like, I knew things weren't wonderful most of it, like, but I didn't know the depth of everything that was happening. Right. Yeah, no, I think I kept a lot of that away from yeah. everybody. 
And and also because my family had cut me off so badly, I think I hedged my bets a lot. And that's why I didn't have a big network of people. That's why I have known Mark for going on 10 years, if not more than that, back to the very first con. it's kind of scary, uh, Vanessa. You're doing to yourself what all of us people pushing 50 do, which is imagining you're pushing 40. We've known each other for more than 20 years. <laughs> okay, so we've, we've known each other for we've known a each hot, other. hot I, minute. I met you in the 90s. Oh, my God. I am old. Um... Yeah. We're, we're pushing 30 years on our friendship here. Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the House of Flies I met you in. Daryl yeah. and Chris and, and Josh living together. Yeah, that's where we we physically actually no, that's not true. We hung out there, but I think I physically met you at Jeff's house. Actually, I think that's where and I first met you. Uh, no, I think I came to the House of Flies first. That was the first time. Oh, that met. was the first time. Okay, we're yep. going yep. on thirty-two years. Thirty-two. Patty, oh, oh my God, Patty, when did that happen? <laughs> thirty-two years ago, yeah. apparently. Oh yeah, because <laughs> apparently. We were seven, we were How seven, old are we, Patty? We're 17 when we met each other, and we're going to be 49. So we're we're on the we are going to be 49. Of, okay, we're on the cusp of 32 years of friendship. Yeah, because I never remember how old I am. Like in the in between years, I don't know how old I am. So somebody asked me yesterday how old I was, and I said to him, "I honestly don't know. I'm either 48 or 47, and I'm not sure." I'm 49. So I do want to talk about like conversations I've had with B since leaving, making my exodus again. Um, One night, I think we talked about this last time, but I'm not sure if it was in the episode, so I'm going to say it again. Uh, He called me before New Year's. Uh, This was after I left him, and it was before New Year's, so I think I was in my apartment for maybe two to three weeks, and he called me up in the middle of the night to tell me that inside of him were the two Bs. So we... We had that story, the the good one, the bad one. And, and because of what I said about the lesbian, not lesbian thing, whatever, it was a lie to him that triggered him and set the whole relationship on a whirlwind. He right. said he was going to change his number. Great. Fine. Wonderful. And he blocked me on Facebook. I stayed in New York about, I don't know, two and a half, maybe three years. And I moved to Tennessee in about 2014. And shortly after I got here, he messaged me again. So there was about a month and a half where we were speaking. Mm -hmm. It was super interesting because of course now he and the girl had split. They just split. They had their second baby and they just split and he was poison, poison, poison about her in my ear. And then she wanted to get her say in to me and tell me things like, why well, didn't know? And he said, you stole money from him and all this nonsense. And I was like, whatever. And she wanted to put poison, poison, poison in my ear about him. Right. Well, he was this calling the me. Other telling, the other yeah, girlfriend. The other girlfriend. The, like the one he left. The one, the one he left Vanessa for and ended up having children with. Right. Right. Uh, well, I, I must say that there is dodge that bullet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if ever there was a moment for me to be very happy that I am apparently reproductively barren, it is right then. Thank God I do not have that tie to him. 
I think even if I did have that tie, I probably would have been like on the birth certificate, no father, nothing right. listed. And that child would have had nothing to do with him because yeah. I don't put him down on the birth certificate. He can try to like take me to court and do a, do a DNA test and all that other stuff, but it ain't easy. She was calling me, he was calling me and he kept saying to me how we should, we should be back together. Yes, because and it went so well last time. Three years later. Right. Psychopath. Like, yeah. I bet you right. at this and point, I, he's, he's edited his memories until things are not as crazy as they actually well, they were. Well, they all do, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He was saying, I never cheated on you. I never lied to you, blah, blah, blah. This, that, and the other one. I said to him, look. I, did he go so far as the, uh, uh, it's been some time, Vanessa, and I'm ready to forgive you? No, not that okay. far. Thank God. Okay, okay, because uh, you know, like uh, you know, I'm you know, I'm surprised you're not in a female prison if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, what I said to him was, "You put your hands on me. Why would I ever? Why would I ever go down this road with you again?" And he said, "Well, you, he did blame me. You were you were instigating, and you looked like you were going to hit me. And I promise, I would never touch you in that way again." I don't really have to worry. He's in New York. I'm in Tennessee. The one thing I know for certain that I have finally figured out after all these years is ultimately he's a lazy piece of crap who is not going to come all the way the fuck to Tennessee to fuck with me. He's not going right. to do it. Right, right. So I was having a pretty good time kind of fucking with him a little bit because now I'm on the other side of this mountain and I'm like, I don't really even care. And he's trying to tell me, oh, you know, well, we should get back together because, you know, honestly, my family really loves you. <laughs> I said to him, oh, okay, because my family really doesn't love you. <laughs> so I don't know that that's going to work. And he said, oh, I can make them love me again. They never Okay. Never, ever. It was very funny because at one point he was telling me he was coming to Tennessee. I'm coming. I don't care if you're walking down the street. I'm riding up next to you. I'm throwing you in the car with me and I'm taking you out of town because we have talking that we need to do. And, and what's so scary is I know that he is a scary person, but I can feel feel the charisma well, and I can feel it working say, on my brain. But to say like what's scary is he thinks that that's like romantic and what's scary right. is you kind of felt that it was romantic. Like uh, no no I didn't feel like that was romantic. I just am scared for myself because that didn't immediately alarm me. The conversations right. that we were having, his charisma was like breaking my brain a little bit where I'm like, oh my god, maybe. Oh my god, this is like it was in the beginning. It's so easy to get back into that loop again. Thank God. Yikes. He right, but thank God he fucked it up for himself and let me off the chain because I think I probably could have kept going like with the conversation. Here's what he did. He messaged me one day and I was in Nashville. He messaged me one day and said, I'm in your backyard. Come out and see. And I said, 
I don't know where you think you are, but <laughs> I'm not where you think I am right now. So but I'm right behind you. <laughs> I wish I had said that. I wish I had said that. I'm laying in your bed right now. So while you're at my house, I'm at your house. <laughs> I'm banging. You should have changed the locks. <laughs> oh my God, you're in my backyard. I'm banging your girlfriend right now. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo. She thinks I'm you. <laughs> so, so I thought that was very funny because I responded back to him. I don't know what you, where you think you are, but I'm not where you think I am. So let's just not do this. Right. Immediately, he blocks me on Facebook, which I thought was very funny. Right. So I sent him a text message and I said, fucker, I can't believe you blocked me on Facebook. The fuck are you doing making up bullshit about being in my goddamn backyard? I'm not even there. Like, what are you even talking about? He was, he meant to send it to someone else. No, he said it to me. He want, he wanted to fuck with my brain mm. and make me feel fear, except I don't feel fear. Listen, if y'all don't know, Tennessee, it's fucking gun country. It's serious gun country. Serious gun country. We have castle law down here, which if you're not familiar with that, tells you you have the right to protect your personal property and your home. It's referred to mm -hmm. as stand your ground in most states. Yeah, here it's castle law. Yeah, castle doctrine. So, yeah, I mean, dude, you can be in my backyard if you want, but if really if I'm home and I feel like you're threatening me, I mean, I'll do a probably a little like they'll arrest me and take me to jail until they investigate the situation not, but i'm gonna not, not just that you could have been like i don't know whose backyard you're in but you better get out of their yard before they come out and shoot your ass <laughs> <laughs> oh it was so great let me back up for a minute before we finish this little piece out because what was really funny is that i had spoken to the ex-girlfriend now a and she and I were going back and forth on a bunch of stuff and that night B was calling me non-stop calling me calling me calling me and I wouldn't answer his phone call and he was so mad he was calling my cell he was calling me on messenger he was calling me calling me because he was now mad because I spoke to his ex mm -hmm. and then she wound up blocking me which was fine because like I don't really have anything else to say to you at the end of the day you were young you were innocent I don't blame you for that part, but you a knew he had a girlfriend when you started fucking with him and B now I warned you when I left town the first time, mm -hmm. I'm sorry that you didn't take heed and pay attention right. to that warning. I wasn't kidding. You need luck. You really did. And then it was like right the next day where he's messaging me that he's in my backyard and then he blocks me on Facebook and I texted him and I wound up calling him, I think like a day or two later, like, what the fuck are you doing? You, and that bitch said to me, stop calling me. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I never want to hear from you again. And I said, okay. A few months after that, 
Now I'm with catnip at this point. Mm-hmm. And if, I don't know, catnip and I were together maybe six months or eight months at this point, And B sends me a message again, after telling me he never wants to hear from me again, he sends a message. Hey, and I didn't see it. I don't know what I was doing at work, sleep, who knows. And by the time I saw it, he had blocked me again. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. he was angry that you didn't answer right away. I don't know what he was doing. It was like, he just likes to play games with people's heads. And unfortunately, he thinks I'm like his other ex-girlfriends. That because he's got that human baby-sized schlong... That's impressive to him, and that makes him good in bed, and that's going to slay all the women and make them all come back. Well, I'm sorry. I don't want to come back because you're a dumbass. You lie, you cheat, and you put your hands on women. I don't want you back in my life. What I needed was closure because... I felt for a long time after leaving B that what was wrong with me, I internalized it. How can I go from a marriage to a boyfriend? And why does said boyfriend now have this life with another woman and children, all of the things that I wanted. And now I'm alone in this winter palace in the middle of Saranac Lake by myself going, how do I put the pieces of my life back together and find love and relationships and meaningful connections with people? How do I rebuild any semblance of a life? I don't, I don't know. So I internalized a lot of it. And now because I had moved to Tennessee, I felt even stronger at this point when he was messaging me. And when I realized that he was breaking my brain a little bit, I thought, oh, this is dangerous. And I really have to stop talking to him. So when he blocked me, he had done me the favor. And then months later, he's unblocking me saying, hey, and blocking me again. And at that point is when I blocked him. Mm -hmm. And I think for right before I started broadcasting this series, I had unblocked him. And then I realized this is a dumb idea and then I blocked him again because I, I don't want to play in the madness pool anymore. It right. took, it took BB and M, especially BB really propping me up on my way out of this town into Saranac Lake to make that move. And then once I made that move and I lived there on my own and went through relationships and friendships and all uh, everything that I went through for two and a half to three years, I was even stronger to move to Tennessee. And then I'm really on my own because I, I know nobody. I came down here with no network, nothing. I knew zero people and, and started again to build a life for myself. So at this point, I didn't need him anymore. And I didn't need to play in that pool. Right. And once, you know, now that I'm out of it, the little pieces of strength that I've built up over the years propelled me into changing my whole life around. I got a new career doing, you know, sales that I never thought I would be good at. I came out the other side of all of this heartache and essentially sort of trauma 
really much, much stronger. And when I, BB had messaged me shortly before I left New York. I hadn't heard from him for a few years. I stopped really speaking to them and going to see them. We were all still friends on Facebook, but there wasn't a real relationship there. Just wanted to check in. How are you doing? Blah, 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 whatever. We had a very nice conversation. And then when I decided to make this move to Tennessee, I sent him a, a message letting him know I was moving and he read it and didn't respond. And in that moment, I realized I needed to let all of them go, that they yeah. really weren't my family. They really weren't my network. They were the hallway that saw me out of that town. Right. Right. Also, they were part of the abuse and the problem. Like, you know, there was yeah. a lot of bullshit going on with those people. Yeah. Right. They, yeah, they weren't like, how do I, they were like accomplices. Yeah. Or at least that, enablers. enablers. And that's why I say how mad I was at them because once I saw that, that naked bear madness coming out of B. This cannot have been the first time. Right. And if they knew that, I know, I understand we've discussed this in the podcast where it's like, oh, I don't want to get involved and I want to step back and I don't want to say too much. But that's someone who could get killed next time. Right, right, right. You do have some responsibility, I think. Definitely. When it's getting to be chaotic and out of control to say something. So much of this is kind of squirrely. It's hard to say where anyone stands, really. Right. I feel like if you- Like, know, I don't know these people. Like, at best, I know the vision of them through your head. You know what I mean? It's one thing, like, like we could talk about Patty. I've at least met Patty. No, I mean? but if you Even there, I don't really, yeah. If you're speaking in general terms, you know that someone in your family is physically abusive and you get to know their their significant other and you see signs of something i feel like ignoring that is a crime it's dangerous if it's not yeah. a crime it's dangerous and that's the part where i get to where I know we've we've argued this point in the podcast where I said they I do feel like they have some responsibility and part of me is still very angry at them because each new relationship that he's gone in, you know, I've I've seen them sort of absorb this person, except for the one right after me. They didn't, but further relationships, because every once in a while I'd go in and I would spy on him. <laughs> they would like absorb this new person as if they loved this new person. And I'm like, man, you guys have no idea what, what fucking love is really. Especially when you think about my last few days there where I'm saying to BB, I really need help getting my stuff from this city to the next city. It's an hour and 20 minutes and him telling me I can't help you. I have my own family to worry about. Right. That was the biggest fuck you to me and the biggest wake up call. And then, yeah, once I left, it's like the relationship started getting less and less. I stopped hearing from them as much. There wasn't so much interaction. I didn't go there to have dinner. I think I went a couple of times 
just because I was so scared and so lonely, I wanted to see them and it wasn't the same. So when I finally stopped visiting them, they essentially forgot about me. And when I was leaving for Tennessee for BB to not say anything to me, like, wow, look at how far you've come. What a, what a great road. Nothing, just nothing. Just read it and put the phone, like the Facebook down. Okay, cool. I heard from, from her. That's where I realized these people are not, not my friends, not my family. And I need to make that clean total break from them. And I look at myself as safe in Tennessee. I stopped having to look over my shoulder. I stopped having to live in a place of fear and paranoia that B was going to come because essentially at the end of the day, it goes back to what I said before. He's never coming. He's too lazy to make the drive. And for what? Because I haven't led him on to make him believe he's got any kind of shot. So what would be the point of him coming here? Well, and he, now, go well, ahead. Yeah, you can't always trust crazy people to, you know, behave rationally. No, but unless you went to get him, he wasn't going. Dang. Right, exactly. Because he didn't when I was in North Carolina. So he was right. never going to come out of his way for me. Because as Marcus said multiple times, I don't exist unless I'm in front of him. Right. Or unless he needs something. Right, exactly. And in this moment in time, he was between relationships, so he needed someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I was it for him to entertain himself for a few weeks until he decided that he was going to try to treat me like he did. Remember girl in the hot tub? He thought I was dumb like her and he thought I could, he could treat me like her. Oh, I'm in your backyard. Come out and see. Dude, I, A, I'm not an idiot. B, I mean, I totally wish I had thought to say, you're in the backyard. Oh my God. Me too. <laughs> I don't see you. Where are you? Right. Right. I, I don't. I don't have any bushes back here. Are you hiding behind the, where the heck are you? I just, I wish I had called him out better on that bullshit, but I think what I do. I wish you had one of those scream voice things. You'd be like, ah, you know, riddle me this. I'm right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, do you like scary movies? Exactly. Well, that's all I have to say about B. Like, I got to the other side. I, I don't. You survived this. You made right. it out. You, I you feel pretty like happy. Not, you not only survived it. It made you stronger emotionally. It made you be more careful with who you let into your life. And I feel like it also made you more, um, let's say more fearless in in making decisions about whether it be your career where you live etc like it made you be like i can do this nothing is gonna freaking stop me from doing what i want to do or you know like well um, yeah and it made me again better at relationships so i'm in this relationship with catnip now for a long time i don't know exactly how long i think it's either seven or nine years something like that 
there have been other relationships that I've been in after me. And as soon as I saw hints of bullshit, I divested myself from the situation and left and said, no, I'm, I, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to do this. You've grown. Like, you know, as you said, like if any value comes of this, it's someone who's at the first step and hasn't crossed this Rubicon, you know, maybe they'll learn something without having to go through the pain themselves. That's kind of like what you're offering here is like, here, taste my pain. Maybe you can avoid doing it yourself. Like, right. you know, you can, you can learn this lesson the easy way instead of the hard way. Although the, the hard thing about the real world is, is that most people have to learn things the hard way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, At least if they are going through it, though, the number one thing I want them to know is they're not alone. They're not the only one who has gone through this. And there are other people out there. And hopefully, as we find people who are listening, maybe a little network will form of warm hugs. Right. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up because it's it's something that happens to other people. You know what I mean? Like you learn not nobody has perfect judgment all the time it's funny patty you told me one day you and i had this exact same conversation you said to me i don't know you right now i know you since you're 17 years old and you've never been anybody's punk ass bitch before and i looked at you and said I never knew that I was going to be a victim until I was. And, and you don't, you think you're so strong and you were raised the right way and you had all these values and morals and all of these things. And then you wind up in this situation and it very quickly for me with the lack of sleep, the constant, let's go, let's go, let's go rushing around everywhere. It very quickly became a situation I had no control over. And I had two choices. I surrendered or I fought against it, which only made it more chaotic. So you don't know that you're going to be a victim until you're in it and it's happening and you're waking up almost a year into it going, oh my God, what happened? How did I get here? This is awful. And maybe for some people it's longer than that because the chaos just has them and they don't know another way. Sometimes the chaos is so deep. You can't remember what your life was like before it. I'm sure there are people that have, that are in it for longer. Thank you for joining us at Bittersweet Toxicity. The show was brought to you by North Circus Productions, LLC. Artwork was done by Vin Lisa. Music was mixed by me, Vanessa. Sound effects were borrowed from Zapsplat. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bittersweet Toxicity Podcast. And if you would like to support the hosts, you can find us at Bittersweet Pod on buymeacoffee.com.